0: What's your favorite scary movie? of the episodes of Uh It's just me this week. I'm Kate. Elle is once again unable to record this week, but I just wanted to put something out because this would have been the second week in a row that we had scheduled a release and didn't have anything to show for it. So <clears throat> this is going to be unconventional in two ways. A, because it's just me, and B, I thought I'd do something a little different since it's just me, and because it is the month of November w- right now. In the online film community, it's also Noirvember. So that's kind of what I wanted to talk about this week. So Noirvember was something started back in 2010 by my my old friend Mariah. She's at Old Films Flickr on Twitter. Um, she started this just for fun, and it kind of grew into this big thing, and it's... It's a hashtag, hashtag, Noir member. It's essentially you just watch Film Noir during the month of November. It's an excuse to watch Film Noir. And this is the first year that I'm actually kind of taking advantage of it and setting out to do it because Film Noir is kind of one of my uh, blind spots in movies. So I thought I'd seize the opportunity, and I'm just going to talk about what I've been watching this month so far and the noirs that I had seen prior to this month and what my perception of it is Uh, I'm kind of doing this I'm obviously not the expert on it since this is my first month you're doing it but I wanted to encourage people to seek out blind spots and have this be an example of it because I, I feel like that's what this podcast is doing I know it's helping out Elle because they're fairly new to horror and everything and a lot of the stuff that I picked that are classics on this podcast they've never seen. So, I'm trying to channel my inner inner Rebecca McKendree Nightmare University, but she's way smarter and cooler than I'll ever be, and is an actual expert on the topics she's discussing. So that's the difference there. And I also, I feel like this is still appropriate for the podcast because there are a lot of similarities between noir and horror. The, The biggest one being the influence on German expressionist cinematography that also has huge roots from horror and even like Nosferatu and The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari those are literally horror movies but there's just a, a darkness to the black and white cinematography of both genres a class- the essential classic film noir is mainly the 40s and 50s and once it branches outside of that into the 60s and beyond it becomes what's called neo-noir so the classic black and white noir oh no there's even like the director of cat people Jacques Torres he he dabbled into film noir as well with out of the past which is one of the things that I watched for this with Robert Mitchum. Oh, no, Jacques Torner what am I say I think Jacques Torres is the baker unnailed it oh my god we're already doing so well Jacques Tourner. <laughs> made cat people not Whatever the hell I just (laughs) said. So, to define film noir, this is straight from Wikipedia. Uh, Film noir is a cinematic term used primarily to describe stylish Hollywood crime dramas, particularly those that emphasize cynical attitudes and sexual motivations. And that's where the whole femme fatale thing would come in. Um, I, (laughs) the way I like, there's no clear-cut way to define film noir. I mean, especially. Like, most of it's, like, detective and crime. I I narrow it down to just men are dumb. Like, that seems to be almost every noir I watch. It's just, like, a a man is fooled somehow, or a man is violent and dumb and pays for it. But that's... So that's where the the whole femme fatale thing comes in, is because a lot of this genre is... The, the female character, the femme fatale, like, weaponizing her femininity to get what she, whatever she wants and needs, whatever it may be. Like, a very, a prime example of it is Barbara Stanwyck in Double Indemnity, which I have seen prior to this. Um, yeah, that's just to list a few if you're not familiar with film noir that you may have heard of, like Double Indemnity's one, anything with Humphrey Bogart, like the Maltese Falcon or the Big Sleep, or even the less conventional In a Lonely Place, which I watched for this month. Also, Sunset Boulevard. It's not a detective movie, it's more just, but it is noir. I actually saw Sunset Boulevard on the big screen last week at the New Beverly, and I hadn't seen it in a long time. It was just... It's all so dark, like... You don't think that movies made back then would be this dark or cover such dark topics, but they do, and, like, and it also had, like horror, it had to work way, work its way around the production code, the Hayes production code of the time, because that's, that's kind of the reason why I think a lot of the women in this movie are, these movies are punished just because, and the men, like, basically, like, according to the code, like, if you commit a crime or do something bad, you have to be punished for it. Um. A less conventional one that I watched that wasn't just about, like, terrible people was, um, I, wa- I was trying to find- you, y'all know I love Tony Curtis, and I'll get into that. I'll get into Sweet of success at the end of this, because that's a film noir. But I watched The Midnight Story from 1957. And, like, he's a good dude in that. It's not about that. It's about, so he's, he's a, he is a detective. And, um, the priest of his childhood that, like, took him in and saved him when he was an orphan is murdered. And he's trying to find the murderer of that. But, like, it has a happy ending for him. And I was like, oh, that's hard for a film So, I was also, gosh, I watched Out of the Past. And, so that's with Robert Mitchum. And he's this, he's hired to go find this girl that ran away from this, like, crime boss, whatever the hell Kirk Douglas is, Uh, ends up falling in love with her, of course, but for for the most part, he seems to be, like, a step ahead of her, and it turns out he is not. Like, as I was saying, it's like, oh no, he's still, he's still getting bamboozled here. (laughs) and has a dark ending for that. Um, the, So the other thing about film noir that I'm learning is that none of it makes sense to me and I don't know if I'm just an idiot well, but it's it's hard to keep up a lot. I think that's even like the point of the big sleep is that I think even Raymond Chandler who wrote it was like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Like, <laughs> there's kind of an, an absurdity to film noir that you just kind of have to accept but it makes, it makes for a wild ride. <laughs> um, what else have I watched? Oh, I watched Detour. So, a, a quick, quick 67 minutes. And Aunt Savage, who kind of steals the show, she really doesn't come in until the last, like, 20, 30 minutes. And she's kind of different from the other femme fatales that I've seen in this genre, and that she's not she's not going for femininity or sexiness, she's just angry. She's just so fucking angry. <laughs> like, the second she's on screen, she just commands it and is using blackmail to get what she wants. Uh, that, one, that one's on Criterion on the Criterion channel. Let's see. I don't have uh, a true life event for this unfortunately because that's Elle's apartment. But I'm sure that there are movies in this genre that are based on true events. I mean specifically I know there's a movie about the black dollar murder, but I don't want to cover that. That's like that's that's bigger than you or me. <laughs> um I think I'll just talk about Sweet Swell of Success now. So this one, Sweetwell of Success, nineteen fifty seven I don't think so. Anyways, um, this is classified as a film noir, but it's not like a PI and a dame or anything. It's just two terrible men. <laughs> it's about it's been, it's become one of my favorite movies. I like sp- I started off no remember by using it as an excuse to watch Sweet Smell of Success again. Um, this so Tony Curtis plays this press agent who's trying to make it up in the, he's honestly almost the femme in this can I say that Tony Curtis is a femme fatale um, he's gorgeous enough to be one but so he's trying to work his way up in New York City as a press agent it's kind of you come in in like the middle to the end of these characters and their relationships with each other and his relationship with J.J. Hunsecker, who's this media mogul who runs this column where if you can get your client into the column, like, they're set, they're famous, they're known. But they've had a falling out because he, he, uh, J.J., played by Burt Lancaster, wanted Sydney, played by Tony Curtis, to break up his sister with her jazz-playing boyfriend. And he didn't do it. So now they're all mad at each other. Um... (laughs) Just goes downhill from there. Like this is an a noir in the sense that, like, fresh with the cinematography is gorgeous in it. It 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 captures this dark side of New York. Like usually that city is romanticized, and in this it shows like the dirtiness of it all. But I actually like, I I think it's gorgeous. Like I was talking to a friend about it. he's like, oh yeah, I need like to take a shower after I watch that movie. It's so dirty. I'm like, I-, I think it's gorgeous, like there's literally a line where JJ says, I love this dirty town, as like people are just arguing on the streets and having fights in the middle of New York City. So I've talked about Seasonal of Success. I'd like to talk about a something that's classified as a neo noir, that's also one of my favorites, which is Bound, directed by the Wachowski Sisters, starring Tina Gershon and Jennifer Tilly, and this is one of those, like, I watch an old film noir and be like, man, what if it was lesbians, and that's what Bound is. Like, any, there are so many times where I think about a movie that would just be the dream, and I realize that it already exists, and it's Bound. And it kind of throws all of these tropes on their head, both both the femme fatale and, like, the male character that gets swindled (coughs) by, by the sex of it all, because it turns out to be like a genuine relationship between the two of them they, they go in on this this plan together to rob to rob this guy that Jennifer Tilly's with and i think in a in a more conventional noir one of them would have double crossed the other but they they're just, they genuinely just they they get their happy ending they get to run off together in her pickup truck because that's very gay <laughs> so that something I'm trying to get my friend to watch for Noir Member because she's never seen it. So I won't bully Sydney, Sundance Sydney into watching Bound. If if you get nothing else from this episode, just go do that. Um so yeah that's my little brief amateur lecture on film noir noir, noir member. If nothing else I say use this as an opportunity even if not noir, but go find something that's a film blind spot for you and, and seek it out and try to educate yourself on it. I wouldn't recommend doing a podcast about it, though, because I'm just falling all over myself here. But yeah. I f- oh, I forgot to mention other similarities to horror. I mean, they really do kind of blend together. Even, like, Nightmare Alley is classified as, like, this noir-horror hybrid, but so the the cinematography of German Expressionism also, they're both, like, low-budget, A lot of them had really low budgets, kinda like horror, and they both involve a lot of murder. Like, I feel like they can kinda go hand in hand, and there's a lot of- there's actually a few, like, like film noirs and new noirs that I would love to do on here. Like Talented Mr. Ripley, I'd like to do that on here one of these days. I'm gonna wind down now. I still get to have a wind down. Uh, what I'll talk about is I watched- I saw Rebecca, the Hitchcock movie. Nitrate film, which is a rarity. It's the Egyptian Theater is one of the f- four movie theaters in the country in, in the U.S. of A. that is equipped to screen nitrate films because it is highly flammable. It's highly dangerous. If you've seen *Inglorious Bastards*, you've seen a prime prime example of what nitrate film is capable of. And so they're having all all weekend long right now. They're they're showing rare nitrate film prints and I went to go see Rebecca because it's one of my favorites and I hadn't seen it in a long time and it was just gorgeous. Um, <laughs> everyone in that movie is so catty to each other. I had—I don't think I realized as a kid like it's just sniffing at each other. Um, Lawrence Olivier is a piece of shit in it. Like even if he didn't kill Rebecca he's still like he has anger issues much like men in film war. He has anger issues and he really infantilizes Joan Fontaine's character nameless character, you know, Mrs. DeWinter, and the the audience was responding to that in a funny way, like, I felt like I was watching, like, a midnight showing of something, people were just going off the rails at the screening of Rebecca, It, it was pretty wild, um, I would say if you, you ever get an opportunity to see a print on Nitrate Film, I would highly recommend it, if you're lucky enough to be in a place that shows it. So, Elle will be back next week, hopefully. Let's knock on wood, everyone. Uh, Thank you for sitting through me with this as I try to provide some sort of content for you. Uh, And I hope everyone, if you celebrate Thanksgiving, you have a happy Thanksgiving. Bye!